Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Easy Peasy Show, episode four, is it? Um, today we'll talk about the U.S. Women's National Team qualifying for the knockout stage, uh, a little bit of the MLB trade deadline, and a whole lot of SEC preview. Um, I'm Peyton here with Zach. Caleb can't join us today. Um, well, let's get started. We'll lead things off with the U.S. Women's National Team qualifying for the knockout stage, where it honestly did not look like they were going to. Um, player of the match was probably the post of the goal. Without the post, they don't qualify yeah, for the MVP knockout right there. Just no kidding. Um, just really a subpar performance from the national team in this year's World Cup so far. Um, just not what we're used to from the U.S. I don't know if it's coaching, just people getting old, the gap closing between women. Um, I don't know, but they really did not look good last night or the other night. Right, right. Yeah, it definitely wasn't pretty, but we still got faith in our women. I think at the end of the day, they're um, – I mean, there's just like seeing – I'm trying to trying to think of how to compare it to something that most people would recognize. Um, I don't know. Maybe compare this to like the Spurs down. Well, I was gonna, well, I was gonna say like, well, actually, I was gonna compare it to the NBA, but I was gonna say like the like the Nuggets losing the first two games in the first round of the playoffs, or something like that, or like the Bucks losing the first two games in the first round of the playoffs. Like, we still definitely won't compare- count them out. Yeah, I'll compare it to like even Alabama last year in college football. Uh, just not kind of what we're used to seeing from them, but they did find ways to get it done for the most part. Dropped a few games where they probably shouldn't have, but overall got it done. Right. Yeah. So look at us. We managed to turn women's soccer into um football and basketball talk <laughs> the American way. Um, MLB trade deadline was today. And a whole lot going on. I'll just cover a few things, though. Um, Justin Verlander on his way back to Houston. Um, when they first started shopping Justin Verlander, it was kind of a – I don't want to see an obvious destination for him, but he's been there for years now, and, you know, he's comfortable there, maybe his last year. Um, wasn't a fan of the trade for the Astros, just due to them giving up two of their better prospects. However, um, you get Justin Verlander back, you need an ace. Framber Valdez has not been the greatest. Or let me rephrase that. Framber Valdez hasn't been Framber Valdez this year without Justin Verlander. So you get him back, a true ace on your staff. Um, that brings you right back into the mix of being a, a World Series contender. Although they never really stopped being World Series contenders. Um, half a game back of the Rangers right now, who are also World Series contenders. Um also, them, I mean, they, they stacked up on pitching today by acquiring Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, Aroldis Chapman, and they even got Austin Hedges, the catcher from the Pirates. Um, a really, really good trade deadline for them. I look for them to make a, a second-half push uh, and dethrone the Astros from that division. Lastly, the Mets, they just kind of sold everybody that they had. They stole Scherzer. Fam, Verlander, they got rid of – it was just a fire sale for the Mets. They did get a bunch of prospects, though. It's kind of a weird move for the Mets, being that 
you, you poured all this money into Verlander and Scherzer, hoping that you'd win now. Um, plus, you have guys like Lindor on your team who they're not getting any younger. So kind of a weird move on their part, but at the end of the day, they, they do want to win. So it, the best way to do that is by acquiring great prospects, and which they did. Um, the Mets, they had such a good year last year and such a disappointing second half. And then just this, this, this year has been an embarrassment for both teams in New York, but specifically the Mets. Um, so I don't know where they go from here. Hopefully they can get it together in the East though. But that's all I wanted to cover in terms of uh, MLB trade deadline. Uh, we can get started on the SEC preview if you'd like that. Yeah, for sure. No, you know, me not not knowing much about baseball, but I could have sworn, you know, like preseason, uh, I feel like Mets were like hey, one of the top teams. Everyone was high on them. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Scherzer and Verlander, two of the better pitchers in MLB history, honestly, two future Hall of Famers, and they acquired both of them. Well, they had acquired Scherzer last year and acquired Verlander this year in free agency. So a lot of people were expecting them to be great pitching. And and offensively, they have guys like Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor, um, two great talents in the game of baseball, and both had – Really, the whole team has underperformed. Hmm. Hmm. So. Interesting stuff. And I, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter today someone tried comparing the uh, Verlander trade to NBA terms. And uh, I guess you can speak if this is true or not. But they said that this it would be the same as LeBron getting traded back to the Cavaliers. And in return, 100%. the Lakers received Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. 100%. Okay. They, I think, I want to say the two prospects that the Astros traded. I don't know if they were rated there yet, but um, I did see a reporter today say that they were going to be number one and number two in the Astros farm system. Come whenever he released the next uh, rankings for the prospects. Wow! So, kind of a questionable decision by the Astros, being that you're giving up two of your future pieces for a guy that this might be his last year for. Yeah, that's interesting. But I guess, you know, obviously different philosophies as far as teams. And um looks like the Astros were more in a win-now situation. Definitely trying to run it back. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh sadly, to get to acquire the team they have now, they have pretty much just set the farm mm-hmm. on fire. So, um, although most of their contributors, they have drafted themselves like uh, – Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, um, Jordan Alvarez they got for basically nothing from the Dodgers, um, Alex Bregman. Mm-hmm. These are all guys that they've acquired themselves without having to give up any any part of their farm. So to see them kind of fire sale a lot of their prospects to get guys that ultimately don't pan out are just kind of disappointing. All right. All right. Well, I'd say you did a good job covering that. That was uh, well put and a good re- a good recap. Love it. As much as I can love yep, MLB. So. Yeah, I'd definitely say the uh, the Rangers were the winners of the trade deadline, though. Interesting. So, um, we'll move on, though. Uh, so, last week we did the Big Ten. This week we'll do the SEC preview. Uh, we did start from the top and went down. 
to the bottom last week. I think we'll do the opposite this week and start with the bottom. Works for me. Works for me. Uh, you want to start with east or west? Uh, I'll let you decide I that. i say let's start at the east because I think the west will be a little bit more all-around competitive. Obviously, I think the west – I think both divisions probably have you know their top two teams and then like the rest can be – you know, up for grabs, obviously exempt a yeah. couple of teams, but um. Anyways, yeah, we can start with the East if that's all right by football, all right by you, because I think we have a gimme for the worst yeah. team. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So perennial bottom feeder, Tennessee man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um. <laughs> yeah. So. After doing research on the SEC, uh, I kind of think back what I said last week about the Big Ten potentially being the best conference in football. I definitely still think it's the SEC. Uh, it just, just means top more. To bottom, I think they're a little bit stronger. It just um, means more. Oh, correct. No, I think just top to bottom, their their bottom teams are a little bit better than, than the Big Ten's bottom yeah. teams. I think the, the Big Ten has the like the top of it is a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. However, the it's middle top heavy. and yes. the bottom is definitely you stronger definitely, than the SEC. Yes, you definitely consider the SEC a lot more balanced. And so, yes, in that sense, I'd say they're the better conference. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I get what you're saying. I kind of agree with you. I'm going to kind of go back and um, give a little home bias to the SEC here and say I think they're going to be the best, most competitive conference in NCAA football. Well, Big Ten, you know, obviously they got some heavy hitters, they're definitely going to have, you know, like very top-heavy conference. But as you see, you should yeah. see a lot more competitive play. You'll see teams stealing games from other teams, you know. You know um, I feel like oh, there's always one team. Uh, Auburn, there's all, <laughs> Auburn always seems to, like, lose games they shouldn't lose, you know. There's, and win games they shouldn't yes, win. Yes, and, I mean, the same could be said for every team, obviously. So, I think in oh, that definitely. sense, the SEC is going to be a lot more – a lot more of an entertaining conference to watch this upcoming season. But uh, with that being said, I'll let you, um, I'll let you finish your Vanderbilt, you know, the Vanderbilt scoop. Well, yeah, sure. Um, so the best thing coming out of Vanderbilt is the actual city of Nashville. I visited earlier this year and it was beautiful. Other than that, everything about Vanderbilt is not cool colors in terms of football. They got cool colors. They got cool, uh, like their baseball hats are cool. The green ones. You know what's not cool? The um, whistler. Oh my gosh! Don't even get me started <laughs> on that guy, dude. Worst thing in baseball <laughs> is the Vanderbilt whistler. Just for that, Vanderbilt's in last place in SEC Eastern football. Um, no, they were last anyway. Before you mentioned that guy, um, when their top three players are putting up numbers like. 60 receptions for only 776 yards and nine touchdowns. And that is their most productive player by a good margin. It's not hard to see why I have them last. Yeah. Um, you have a win total for them. Just, um, just to recap what you're saying, I just, I'd like to get, get your feel. I don't know if you look, like a yeah, I don't know if you looked at their schedule. I've looked at the schedule. I can give you a rundown really quick of, um, yeah, no, I've looked at their schedule. I do have them finishing four and eight. Four and eight. Okay. Who do you have them? Obviously, you probably got them beating Hawaii and Alabama A&M. You got them grabbing – you have them winning any conference play? Uh, let me see. So, I have them beating Hawaii, mm-hmm. Alabama A&M, UNLV. Mm-hmm. And who else did I have them beating? I think I had them beating Missouri oh, as well. Oh, Missouri. Okay. Yep. Upset. An upset. Yes. Vanderbilt's do an upset for sure. Um, 
I definitely think they lose one of two, uh, Wake Forest or Las Vegas. Wake Forest is yes, very good. Yes, so. absolutely. And plus, you're playing both those games away too. Both of your out of conference. I'm not saying, you know, these are like huge. You're not playing against like Wisconsin or anything as your out of conference play. But I mean, you still you're Vanderbilt and you're playing against someone else on their turf. So, um, I, I hate to use the yeah. you're Vanderbilt as an argument, but that's kind of what it comes down to because I genuinely believe that they are probably the worst in the SEC in every single end of, like every single skill group or I should say position group rather they're probably the worst in the SEC um yeah without baseball they'd be kicked out the SEC I absolutely I, don't, I, I mean let, they do anything let's, uh, else? let's be real here you're an SEC school and you're going on the road to UNLV and you're probably not the favorite in that game either. Uh, let me look. I don't see anything. Uh, I doubt the word. I would imagine they, they probably would be. I think Clark Lee is a decent head coach. I think he can. Uh, he'll pull out what they have, but I just don't think they have much there. Hmm. That's fair. Um, but some players to watch for him. Will Shepard, their receiver, like I said earlier, he had 60 catches for 776 yards and nine touchdowns, their most productive player. Uh, C.J. Taylor, a linebacker, he had 59 total tackles, seven of which were for loss and five pass breakups. Had a good back half of last year, as did the team as a whole, I think. It's pretty small for a linebacker, though. Um, And then Darren Ague, he's a defensive end. He's a... Um, He's a younger guy. They're just high on him. I think maybe they're they're expecting a little bit of a jump. He had 14 ta- tackles last year and one sack and one pass breakup. Not a whole lot of playing time for him, but I think they expect him to be a pretty big uh, contributor mm-hmm. this year. Um, some questions I have for the team. I think they're quite literally the opposite of Georgia, which in which I question everything. And... Um, Another thing is, how does Clark Lee take another step after a solid ending in 2022? Um, last year, they did beat like a team like Florida. I think that's big for Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I believe so, too. And uh, I believe one player – I agree with all the players you mentioned. One player I think you may have missed, though, is uh, Jalen Mahoney. I mean, I'm not sure that's really how you say his last name, but it sounds cool. So, it's uh, Mahoney. Um Pretty solid. He's a returning senior, defensive back. Uh, he's got Buku experience. I think the most experience out of anyone on the team. So that's saying something. So I think he'll be good. Uh, as good as you can be on a team like Vanderbilt. But um, we can <laughs> – sorry. We can move on if you'd like. Yeah, overall, just a punch back at the SEC. Um, last year, they beat teams like – Kentucky and Florida. I don't think they do that. No, I and I agree. I had I had them go three and nine, zero and eight in conference play. By the way, yeah, I don't think they're going to be very good at all. Um, moving on. Who's your uh, number six team in the East? I have Florida as my number six team in the East. <laughs> I'm low on them, but you're even lower. Yeah, I think there's a um, I think there's a good good reason to be low on them. Um, cause who who who's their quarterback? Uh, Graham Mertz, Murda Mertz is what they call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't make this up. 
Guess not. And um, I don't know. Oops, sorry. Nothing against their staff or anything. I honestly think their staff isn't isn't terrible. And I think as far as like you look at the roster up and down, you're like, hmm. I'm like, okay, some really solid pieces. Um, I mean, they were got really good specialists on the offense. Um, uh, Johnson Jr. and Pearsall. 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 I'm sorry. It's just Pearsall, Pearsall. not Pearsall. Okay, Pearsall. Okay, um, some pretty good specialists returning for them. Um, they have a decent O-line. Not the best, not the worst. Uh, I believe they're tight in play. Who? Hmm. Hmm. How do you how do you say this dude's last name? I feel like I'm going to say it one too many times. Like, sounds like a spell out of Harry Potter. I don't know who you're talking about, uh, but um, Keon Keon Zipperer. Zipper? No. Zipper. Zipper. Yeah, he's, he's solid. Anyways, yeah. uh, and that's just their offense. And uh, oh wow, oh wow. Okay, I thought that name was hard. Uh, Princely, <laughs> they're uh. <laughs> <laughs> Princely Umanamillion. Did I come close? Yeah, I'm not okay, even going to try. I, did, I didn't I know, know if you knew or not. Uh, he should be their best defensive player. But looking at their schedule, they, um, they're they a little cursed, I have to say. Because it's, you know, it's the fact that you start off your schedule having to go play an away game at Utah, kind of, sh- it will sum up your schedule. Granted, your next game is against McNeese, and you should, I mean, win by 60. But the rest of the schedule is not going to be too fun, um, you know. Play your out of conference play just kind of blows, you know. Minus McNeese and Charlotte, you got to play Utah and Florida State, so you're probably going to lose those two games. Uh, I mean, I think you can beat Vanderbilt, sure. You may be able to sneak a win, sneak a win in against South Carolina, sure, mm-hmm. maybe. And the only reason I don't know they're playing they're playing South Carolina at home. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of a lot of a lot of question marks for Florida, considering you know just the talent they have. Once again, it's like you kind of they just can't put it together. It seems like it seems like their production doesn't match what's on paper for them. Uh, yeah. Um, would you like me to cover Florida now or? You want me to get my thoughts on Florida um, when I get there? Hmm. I don't know. I say, I say, go ahead, cover your number six team. No, no, go ahead, cover Florida, and then we'll cover. Okay, yeah, I'll cover Florida. Um, so Florida got a lot of questions around them. Uh, I think Billy Napier, the head coach there, I think he's an he's a great recruiter. Gets guys there. Um, I don't think he's the greatest X's and O's guy. I also think his system. With a guy like Graham Mertz is not going to work. Um, I mean, his ideal quarterback and his kind of system would be Anthony Richardson. Like, if you could give him the run of the like, say you can take whoever you want, put him in your offensive system, he would pick Anthony Richardson, who he had last year, and they went six and six with. So, um, yeah, I'm not not too sold on Graham Mertz. He Completed 57% of his passes last year, which is not great. Um, he's kind of more of a game manager type of quarterback as well, so that's even worse. Um, threw for 2,100 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. 
I, I don't like to see the touchdown to interception ratio that close for a game manager type of quarterback. So, I mean, we should, we'll see. I don't think they're going to be great, though. I do. Uh, I thought I put their prediction, my prediction for them. Um, let me go look at well, their schedule. I'm t- I'll, give you, but, I'll give you each team. I'll tally up in my head. I'll give you each team. You tell me, just fire off if they win or lose. Are right, you ready? And I'll, give, I'll tell you if they're away or not. You know, I'll at least give you that, too. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the schedule now, so you don't have to tell me who's, who's away. All right. Home. Utah? Lost. Oh, so, <laughs> I was about to say Florida. Sorry. McNeese? Loss. I'm kidding. Win. <laughs> you lose to McNeese. That counts as three losses. We don't, we don't make exactly. the rules. Uh, anyways, so one and one at that point. Then they go to Tennessee. No, I'm sorry. They play Tennessee at home. Yeah, Tennessee by Justin Gagey type of head kick. Fair enough. Um, Charlotte. Win. For Charlotte? No, Florida. Oh, should be a close game. Psych. Kentucky? Uh, loss. Interesting. You got them two and three at this point, by the way, five games into their schedule, and, and then they go and play Vanderbilt. Mm. All right. South Carolina? Loss. Okay. George? Moving on. Arkansas? <laughs> no comment on the Georgia. Uh, Georgia by murder. <laughs> yeah. Arkansas. Yes. Arkansas wins. Um, okay. Is that what I said? Hang on. Let yeah, yeah, go that. ahead. Obviously, you know, I say fire off quickly, but you know you can think about it. You know, you're like, okay, give, give us Actually, your thought you know, process. I'll have Florida win that game. Florida beats Arkansas. Okay, okay. So I believe at this point you have Florida having having won four games: McNeese, Charlotte, Vanderbilt, yep. Arkansas. Correct. All right, and then LSU <laughs> lost. But although I will say Florida and LSU is always a weird yes. game. Yes. Um, Missouri. They'll beat Missouri. Okay, and Florida State. That lose badly. Okay, well, you have them winning five games, and that's kind of what I have them at. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about what I. That's about what I think. Yeah, I think their win total is set. They're kind of they're projected to get six wins. It's not that it's not super confident. It's about to pick them. Um, but man, like if they, I mean, that sixth game they win is going to have to. I feel like I feel like all the games they're going to be playing are going to be super close. I say all of them, but obviously all the games that are meant to be close will be close. I don't think, um, you know, I don't think Georgia's going to be close. I think Florida State will probably be a lot closer than people think. I think LSU will probably be a lot closer than people think. Um, you know, games like Kentucky, South Carolina, Arkansas, I think those are going to be like actual close games. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, they win all those games. You know, all of a sudden they got seven, eight wins on their schedule. Whenever they have one of the harder schedules, yeah, I mean it's doable. NCAA, yeah, it's definitely doable. But mm, I'm like you said earlier, I'm, I just I'm, don't like the roster. Out yeah, I was about, yeah, I was about to say. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head too. That um, Napier seems to. I think he's a good fit for Florida compared to um, remind me of the last head coach's name, Mullins. I would disagree with that. You think so? I'm, well, think, think about to the roster extent. that they left that he left them with. He left Napier with. Would you say Ed Ogeron wasn't a good fit at LSU? I think – I don't know. That's kind of weird because of the whole culture thing. Sure, but he won a national championship. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure that he won as much as the roster he had won. <laughs> I agree with that. And on top of that, I mean, it was kind of a perfect culmination of his staff too. I mean, it's – what didn't like all of his staff just like – 
like kablam and move on to bigger and better things. Most of them, at least some of them. Yeah. Joe, Joe Brady, Stevens, Minger quit after 2020. Um, Dave Aranda left to go to Baylor. He had a lot of guys leave. Yeah. So like I said, I feel like it was just obviously a perfect culmination of a lot of things that season. Yeah. Not to say Ed, like, you know, I definitely couldn't have coached Ed, Ed Ogeron left that roster trash. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. But um, um, so Dan Mullen, though, I'll, I'll say this about Dan Mullen was an incredible offensive play caller. Um, didn't didn't like to recruit, and in college football, sadly, you do have to recruit. Um, that's why I say he was kind of a good fit for him, just because his play calling was so good. I mean, he made Anthony Richardson look outstanding when he played. Um, I'm not saying Anthony Richardson's not good. I, there's questions I have mm-hmm. about Anthony Richardson and the product he puts on the field, not the overall talent of him. Obviously, dude's talented out of this world, but um, you know, we'll see. Um, but Dan Mullen got the most out of their his guys that he had. I don't think I don't think uh, Sun Belt Billy does that. Sun Belt Billy, man. I like. So, I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess we'll come back to Florida in probably a couple of years, and you never know. All that talent's probably just going to. Um, I haven't really kept up with the recruiting class or anything, but I mean, obviously, like you said, they're like second, I think, or third. I guess that's really not surprising, to be honest. Um, yeah, they uh, on three. Yeah, they're third right now. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying Charlie earlier too. The um, it's like, man, it's like the talent's there and the staff is there. They just, it's like, you that you're they're putting two and two together and they're like getting three, sometimes five. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the way I look at it is, Brian Kelly was not ever known to be a great recruiter with LSU. However, he was known to be a good X's and O's guy. Huh? Brian, Brian Kelly, like the current head coach. Like the, yes. the one that was like doing the dancing and stuff with that one guy who didn't commit to LSU. He actually did it with two and one dude. Oh, nice. Correct. That guy. <laughs> Can't tell me that dude's not a good recruiter. Come on. I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is he was never known to be a great recruiter. However, when you wear the, wear the letters LSU across your chest, it becomes a lot easier to recruit. And uh, I mean, look what he did in one year with LSU compared to what Billy did with Florida in one year. One went ten and three, and won the no, ten and four, ten and four, and won the SEC West. One went six and six and lost to Oregon State in a bowl game. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, the coordinators surrounding Napier, I think, are should help him out. I don't know, whatever. Well, as a Louisiana guy, I did watch a lot of ULL while he was there, and uh, it just seems like Levi. Oh man, I can't think of his name. It might not have been Levi. I can't think of the quarterback's name. But oh, Will it just Levis. Like he never developed. It's not pronounced Levi's. It's <laughs> Levis. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't think he ever progressed really as a quarterback, and that's what kind of throws me off of Billy Napier. Also. If you have any questions about Billy Napier as a coach, all you got to do is go watch the ending to the Appalachian State game in 2041. Fair enough. Well, uh, where'd you have Florida ranked on your your ranking? You said, you said I had them lower than – Instead of six, I had them at five. Oh. I'm assuming I have five and six. Oh, it depends. Do you have Missouri at number six? All I right. Do. Continue. 
Well, I'll go on with Missouri. Um, I don't think they're great. I don't think Drinkwitz, Drinkwitz is that guy. Um, I think he had a good flash in the pan first year, but I'm just not sold on him. Um, Missouri was a dead man walking last year. They lost. They even lost to Auburn. So, I mean, I'm just not sold on them. I don't think they got overly, like, incredibly better from last year. Um, so, but some notable players are Darius Robinson, the D lineman. He had five and a half tackles for loss, three and a half for sacks, which is good for a D lineman. You know, D lineman don't typically get a whole lot of tackles. Um, Tyron Hopper, great linebacker for him, 59 total tackles, 13 and a half for loss, and two and a half sacks. And then I had Ennis Rakestraw Jr., a defensive back for them. He had four and a half tackles for loss and one interception, but he did have 12 pass breakups. I did have their overall record at four and eight. Um, I just don't think they're great. Uh, I have them beating South Dakota, beating Middle Tennessee, losing to Kansas State, beating Memphis, losing to Vanderbilt, losing to LSU, losing to Kentucky, losing to South Carolina, losing to Georgia, losing to Tennessee, losing to Florida, and losing to Arkansas. That's fair. Um yeah, I'm not sure if I uh, I can't remember if I said. Uh, actually, no, I had them. Who would I have them beaten? Um, I had them winning four games, not three. Oh, four, golly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe they beat Florida when I was making this. I can't remember. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, you have them losing to the Vanderbilt, then you really don't have. I don't know. Not much. I guess not much to be said about that. Um, I think I'm a little bit higher in Missouri. I got them going six and six. Dang. Two and six. Where can you find six games? Um, I think they could easily win their first five, and then they probably beat South Carolina. I don't think they beat Kansas State. Kansas State's one of those schools that they've never been like a powerhouse, but the past few years they have been a very good team. And they played in the Sugar Bowl last year. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good and all, but uh, TCU also played in the championship, and we all know how that panned out. But I'm not saying they beat they beat TCU. I know, and I'm saying I'm saying TCU got in the championship. I'm saying some teams don't belong where they end up. It's just you had to beat somebody to get there. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not getting into that right now. All right. But, yeah, I got them going 6-6. Six and six. I think they can beat Kansas State at home, too. Let's not forget about the power of that. Actually, you know what? No, let's get into it. Let's get okay. into it. Why doesn't he, Why did not TCU not belong there? Well, because they sucked. I mean, you have a guy named Max Duggan at your quarterback. I mean, there goes your season right there. Um, so who who do they – okay. He didn't – he should have been there. Um – Let's see who did they barely beat. I can't. I, I honestly can't remember. They barely beat someone. I mean, they like literally. They had to, you know, put the power to use. You know, and the C in TCU. They really had to like pull that out in order to get one of their wins. I can't remember. I feel like they had to do that to get most of their wins actually. Which I mean, good for you if you're a good clutch team. You can beat. You're talking about Baylor. I, I can't remember. They hit kicked like a field goal at the last second. Everyone was excited because they were finally going to lose and show how fraudulent they actually were. But then they kicked the field goal and ended up winning. Great teams find ways to win. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Luck is on the side of too many teams, though. 
TCU. I think that game you're talking about is Baylor, though. Baylor. I have I have no idea. I really have no idea. Um, however, they got put in the playoffs. If they didn't deserve to be there, they Michigan would have beaten them. That's fair. I just can't see an avenue to where you say that DC should not have deserved to be in the championship. Now, where should okay? Let me rephrase that. TCU absolutely should have been in the playoffs. There's no doubt about that, I don't think. Can you find a more deserving team to be in the playoffs? I thought there was doubt, though, at the time. I don't think there was. I mean, they were the number three team. No, two number two team, I'm sorry. How? No. Michigan had to been the number two team. What is – yeah, no. TCU was number three team. And Ohio State what conference was is TCU team. in? Big 12. Oh, my God. Hmm. Who who's notable in the Big Twelve? Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Okay, you can you can start. Hold, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. I know you're not snickering at Oklahoma, one of the most prestigious college football programs. Where did they finished last season. What was their record? Okay, good point. Six and okay. six or six and seven. So then that shows. I mean, hey, even LSU with last year's Ed Ogeron, one of the most pre- prestigious programs. In the NCAA, so if you want to pull out that argument, they also beat Texas. They also beat Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why, man? I'm strong with Texas. A lot of things. Okay, whatever. We'll get into that later. However, undefeated regular season did drop the Big Twelve title game to Kansas State by a field goal in overtime. However, they did play in their their conference championship on like Ohio state. So I think, I mean, I don't think there was any doubt to believe that they deserve to be in. The real championship was Georgia versus Ohio state. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> yeah. The con- the consolation right. game was after, which was Georgia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Georgia and TCU. I mean, that was probably the worst. I mean, I... look, I, yeah, it, the game itself was horrible. Because TCU should have been there. It should have been someone more deserving. Granted, I know you've... Like who, Michigan? I mean, yeah, honestly. Who? Oh, yeah, we'll beat TCU. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, obviously... give up a million points. Obviously, you know, the playoffs were meant to be like that. Don't give up a million points and you can play Michigan. I mean, you can play... Yeah, Michigan can play Georgia if they want. Who's to say they would have done any better? Who did TCU have in their offense last year? Quentin Johnson? Yes, and, and Kendra Miller. Okay. Um, not familiar with that person. Okay, so well, let me ask you this. So I have the final college football playoff rankings right in front of me. Are you going to put a 10-2 and two Alabama with losses to Tennessee and LSU over TCU? No. And they didn't play in the conference championship game? No. Well, they were number five. Okay. So who are you going to put in over TCU? Hmm. Who's number six? And if you put – Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> Who's number seven? Clemson. Okay, they sucked. Damn. So last year was just a like crappy year for college football. I'm not gonna lie, it kinda was. There were a lot of like teams that started off great, like Tennessee, and then they just faded. I mean Tennessee got drilled by South Carolina. The highlight of last season was the Rose Bowl. It was a good Rose Bowl, wasn't it? 
It was. If that's the best and game the I'm two, thinking of. The two semifinal games were were also a lot of yes. fun to watch. Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan TCU. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess putting it like that, then yes, I guess TCU deserved to be there, but that is such an unfortunate thing that college football was in the state that it was last season, that they, they were the only option to be yeah, in that look, I'll agree with that. See, that's something that I can agree with. But when people – now, I mean, I've had this debate with a guy I ride to work with all the time. He says the TCU shouldn't have been there either. That's my argument. He said, I said, well, why didn't they deserve to be there? Look at the other teams. They deserve to be there. They beat Michigan. They earned it. They earned the, the butt whooping. I mean, I don't know if you're Alabama. Yeah, you know, if LSU didn't lose to Texas A&M, I may, I may could have argued that Bama deserved to be there more than TCU. Uh, you know they have a common opponent, right? Mm, TCU and Bama? Uh, TCU and Texas. Oh, I mean, yeah, TCU and yeah, TCU and Bama. Oh, they both okay. play Texas. Um, TCU beat them seventeen to ten. Bama beat them twenty nineteen on a last second field goal. Nice. Hmm. Well, I guess good for TCU then. I definitely don't think they're going to be returning to glory like that this season. Um, no, I think they lost a lot. Now they did get a pretty good offensive coordinator and Kendall Bryles, scum of the earth kind of guy, but. Great offensive mind. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so with that being said, so you have Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Florida as your 7-6-5. Yep. Uh, where, so you had Missouri going with four wins? Yep, four and eight. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, you, you got me for being low in Florida. I got you for being low in Missouri. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, granted, I don't I'm low on both. Fair so. enough. Yeah, I mean, I am too at the end of the day compared to the rest of the division and really the rest of the conference. Um, yeah, I don't think they really have the best offense. I think their defense, though, minus the D-line, is very, very, very solid. I was going to say good, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. Um, their linebackers and their defensive backs are very good. I will say that. Uh, I know you touched on a couple players already. And uh, really the only player on offense they have to hang their hat on is a tackle and a receiver that they got to transfer in. The receiver's to transfer, not the tackle. Um, Javon Foster, left tackle, and uh, Theo Weiss Jr., transfer senior, coming in, uh, coming in hot. Pause. Um, yeah, I have uh, Kentucky at number four. I'm a little lower on them than some mm-hmm. people. Uh, That's fair. They obviously underperformed with Will Levis last year. Think they're gonna underperform with Devin Leary again to this year. Um, he went 118 of 193 for 1265 yards, 11 touchdowns, and four interceptions in a shortened season due to injury. Um, is he a true playmaker or is he just a game manager? I don't know. I guess that's what we'll see. Um, they got some some guys on their team though. Deion Walker, he's I think he's their only all-SEC preseason pick. Um, four and a half tackles for loss with one sack. Can he grow in, into his sophomore year? Um, and Barry and Brown, 50 catchers, 628 yards and four touchdowns. I think they're projecting a pretty big jump for him. Yeah, um, I have Kentucky at number three. I have him going uh, eight and four, four and four, um, which we, I think we actually talked about uh, before we got on here. But – 
Uh, I agree with everything you said. I also believe their defense is going to be what kind of costs them this season. Uh, personally, I think I think they outperform what they're expected to, but I think at the end of the day, sometimes their talent's just going to there's going to be pretty big discrepancy, especially whenever your defensive backs just blow. Um, putting it lightly, um. I'm just not high on Mark Stoops. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's fair too. I mean, that's that's more than fair. I just don't. I mean, what has he done? He had like one really really mm-hmm. good year in 21. Since then, he had yeah. It's hard not to look at past performance as a benchmark for what you expect of teams. So I, I'm I'm with you on that. And I mean, I definitely don't think they're going to be like a top competitor. Obviously, in their division, they're just not going to be a top competitor, even if everything goes right for them this season. But, um, yeah, you mentioned yeah, – I mean, the top two teams in their division are obviously Right. Yeah, and then, like you said, I mean, really the only player of note on their team is J.J. Weaver. I mean, their defense, I should say. Um, they're, they're, I think their skill positions on the offensive side are pretty solid, you know. Um, actually, I'll say pretty good, uh, minus the tight end. I think they got some – Hate to word use the word potential. That's just like using the word heart in the UFC. Oh, he's got a lot of heart, Joe. I think in college football, potential is a lot. It means a lot. Yeah, I mean, I will say it can win you games that you're not supposed to win. I will say that. Yep. Look at A and M versus LSU last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, flashbacks. No, but I mean, I think they they're uh, before their bye, which is hold on. I'm sorry. I think someone's cutting grass at eight o'clock. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? <laughs> no, okay, I don't hear. Okay, well, I'm no, going to keep talking then. I'm going to keep talking. We we won't strike that from the table. Right, just, no, we're, no, we're not striking that. We're going to keep it in there because that that is this is okay. just insane to me. I want everyone else to hear. It. I mean, even I know you, you said you can't hear it, but I mean, if you can hear it, I mean, this is crazy. Golly, dude. Mm. Anyways, um. I think they have a pretty first half. I'm sorry, pretty easy first half of their schedule. I think they're going to blow by their first five opponents. I say blow by. They're going to blow by their first four opponents, and then they got you know Florida. That should be a fun game. Georgia, not so much of a fun game for Kentucky. <laughs> and then uh, then they return against Missouri. Then they got their break. So I think they could very possibly go six and one in that stretch, and then they could very possibly lose the next five games. Uh, but I do have them yeah. beating. Edging one out against South Carolina. That's a game I could see going either way, especially having to play that game away. And I know we were talking about potential, which is, I guess, a good segue for South Carolina if you were through talking about Kentucky or if you have any final thoughts. No, but I do have South Carolina at three. I guess we flip-flopped our – not our bottom two, but the second. Yeah, the the middle of the pack. Yeah, the middle of the pack we seem to have some – Differing opinions on, but I think we're they're all yeah. Close. So we seem to agree on um, a lot of things about the teams, but then there's at the end of the day, I guess we disagree on where they're going to finish, which I mean can't is to yep. be expected because, like I said, I mean they're going to have all four of these teams are going to have close games, and like I was saying earlier, they're going to win games they shouldn't win and lose games they shouldn't lose. So as much as Florida could finish six in the East, I mean they could easily finish fourth, maybe even third, and the same can be said for Kentucky. Yep. I have them finishing third, going eight and four, four and four. They could easily go six and six. Um, two and six in the conference play. So, I mean, like I said, just a lot, a lot to be seen still. Yeah. Well, with South Carolina, I do. I, I think they're very similar to Kentucky in a sense where their defense is not very good. 
Um, their offense has the potential to be great. Uh, Spencer Rattler. So he's Mr. Uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde for me. Um, I mean, 264 for 399 on the year, 3,026 yards, 18 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Uh, like I was saying earlier with Mertz, you would like to see those interception and touchdown ratio a little bit better. Um, but 3,026 yards, you know, he he can unload it. Um, I mean, you saw you saw times last year, like against Tennessee, where he just mm-hmm. lit it up. Um, that was fun. Yeah, it was really <laughs> fun. I think this year he has some targets to throw to, like Nicholas Harbor. I'm interested to see how they utilize him. He's a six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds track star in high school. Um, I don't know if they're going to use him as a tight end, wide receiver. Mm. He even played some D end in the high nice. school. You think he's um, going to get playing time this year? So, well, that's significant playing time, I should say. I think they lost a lot of targets, so he he. I think he will. Okay. Maybe not at the beginning of the year, but towards the end. Um, so, I think he could be a you know a, a significant player, impact player, if you will. Um, but my biggest thing with Spencer Rattler is he needs to know that it's not a one man show. He needs to try, not try to do too much. He needs to uh, work on some decision making. I think the the talent's there, but. I'm sure everybody's seen the video of him in high school. He's 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 pretty arrogant. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, I think it all hinges on him. But my questions for the team are: Who steps up at wide receiver? And could Rattler be good Rattler, or is he going to be a bad Rattler? My overall prediction for him is down to three uh, losses to Tennessee, Clemson, and A&M. I know you don't hear Georgia on there. Uh, it's not because I think they're better than Georgia. But I think Georgia's just due for a loss, and I'm just kind of throwing my shot out there. That's that's fair. Um, Every, hey, look, no, 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 everybody no, no, laughed no. when people called them beating Tennessee last year too. So I, I you know what, I'm just gonna, I, I don't, I'm not real confident in that. But yeah, you know, there's there's, like there's one or Beaver. two teams you're you know you're going to be higher on than I'd say about ninety percent of the people in the that are you know studying this. Um, so South Carolina is your team. I think. I, I think for me, Maryland's that team for me. Um, I believe we covered. Mm. Did we cover them already? It's been, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been a, it's just a whirlwind. You know, you just never know. Plus, I got this lawnmower next door, just just distracting me. So that's kind of hard to think what's going on. But oh uh, yeah, no, I have them. I think I got them. I think they can eke out seven wins. I mean, I'm not opposed to the whole nine win thing. Obviously, that hinges on Georgia. And uh, speaking of Hinge, I know you mentioned Spitzer Rattler, Rattler earlier. Um, you hear this, you hear coaches say it all the time, but it's just uh, three words: is reel it in. I feel like if he can do that, he can. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. He, he can probably that. be a top quarterback. Literally, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say a top quarterback in the SEC. I mean, he was. Um, he was a first round draft lock after his mm-hmm. freshman year or sophomore year at Oklahoma and then just fell off a cliff. Right. Yeah. And you, um, I don't know. Like I said, it's, they, they have, they have some really good offensive talent. So that's, they got that going for them as a team. I will say their defense is not, not what you want to see in a team, especially if you think they're going to beat Georgia, that's also going to hinge on South Carolina's defense stepping up as much as it is their offense stepping up. 
And uh, I personally don't see that happening. I think they got one guy in every position that, you know, is their guy, maybe minus linebacker. I'm really not sure they have a good linebacker or a great linebacker, I should say. You need a linebacker. Yeah, and it's about to say, that's about 98% of the defenses in the country that your captain comes from your linebacker position. That's essentially the quarterback of the defense. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. With that being said, I think I got them – let me look at their schedule. I think I'd probably have them, like I said, going seven and five, being able to – they could go six and six or eight and four, in my opinion. And I said, just one of those teams. But uh, obviously, I think the key losses will probably – for me, will probably be obviously Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, no. I'm not sure if they can get eight wins. Actually, they know they could. They could. They could obviously get a sneaky win anywhere. I think it's going to be a tough game against Mississippi State. I think you can probably maybe pull out a sneaky win. I don't think Tennessee. I think you know you had you know Tennessee was last a last year thing. It's yeah, they're going to be yeah they're going to be on it. They're going to be on it. They're going to be hungry. Exactly, exactly. They're going to be on it this season. I think you your key losses will probably be against North Carolina, Clemson. You have them losing to North Carolina. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. I, I will say that yeah. much. It's one they could definitely lose. Yes, and it's one they could definitely win. So yep. um, mark that down as a game to watch out for. But uh, we can move on to your number two and number one team. if you. I'm assuming we're yes, going to yes, have this one. Yes, this one we'll probably agree on, yes. Georgia yeah, and then Tennessee. Yeah, Georgia at number two. Tennessee at two. Georgia at number two. Tennessee at two. Georgia. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I have Tennessee number two and Georgia number one. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think Tennessee could could win it. Uh, obviously, odds aren't in their favor. Georgia's a juggernaut right now. Um, but it all hinges on somebody like Joe Milton. I mean, that dude has crazy intangibles. Uh, he's kind of like an AR-15 type of player in the sense Austin of like, you can't teach some of the things he has. No. Anthony Richardson. Um, um, but can he maximize the potential? Heupel, I think in Josh Heupel's offensive system, he can. Um, Jalen Wright, 146 carries for 875 yards and 10 touchdowns last year. I think he's vital to that offense. Uh, I think Brew McCoy, Brew McCoy is going to have a huge year. Um, 52 catches for 667 yards and four touchdowns last year. He's he's huge. Um, I'm going to look for him to be the leading pass catcher of that team. Some questions I have for them is defense and what's Milton going to be? Is he going to be great or is he going to be average? Overall prediction for him, I'm going to have him 10-2 and two with losses to Alabama and Georgia. Mm, nice. Wait, so hold on. I have him going 9-3, and three, but I'm trying to think of who that who I have is there. You probably have him losing, though. Oh, never mind. Kentucky, maybe? maybe. Florida, maybe? Like I said, I don't know. UTSA. Could- yeah, yeah. A and M, maybe. Well, that just, that, just, that just goes to show they have. I wouldn't say they have like a like super tough schedule compared to some of these other teams, but they have. They do I have. Think a, Ole Miss has the worst schedule. Yeah, as I said, they do have a pretty tough schedule. Um, Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee has a pretty tough schedule. Uh, Grant, I think you're going to open it. You're going to start the season strong. It wouldn't surprise me if you can string six wins in a row. Wouldn't surprise me if you go yep. four and two in that stretch. Um, and then obviously you play Alabama uh, late in October at yeah, Alabama. Alabama's trying to get their get back. Yes. Um, and then Georgia, 
uh, that's going to be a closer game than I think people, many people are going to be expecting. And uh, I agree. Yeah, I think and I think is Tennessee one of the faster teams out there? Not speed, but I just mean their pace. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. I think they're probably even faster than Ole Miss. Um, they may um, they may have the best pace. I say best pace. They may have the fastest pace. Um. So I don't know if I mean, did you watch UCF like three four years ago? Back whenever they're not the year they beat Auburn. But like the year, I think it might have been the year after. That. Mm. So not like not their no, self-proclaimed the championship year, year. No, two years after okay. that. Two years after, like the year after they lost to LSU in the I'm Fiesta. Say no, then. So they had an explosive offense, terrible defense, and the Tennessee's head coach was the coach. Oh, I guess it makes sense now. <laughs> yep. So kind of the same, but better athletes. Bad defense, great offense, better athletes mm-hmm. than he had at UCF. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I guess to sum it up, I got Tennessee going nine and three, five and three in conference play, and uh, we can move on to Georgia, which is obviously number one in both of our East Division predictions for the SEC. Uh, sounds like you got them going eleven and one, or do you have them going ten and two? I'm going. I have them going okay. eleven and one. I think they're just kind of due for a loss. Ah. Like I said, I'm not confident with saying South Carolina beats them, but I think they're a team that could potentially uh, just kind of call on it. We'll see. I'm not real confident. I mean, it could be 70 to nothing by halftime, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, Brock Bowers is my best player on that team, by the way. Uh, probably Shock. one of the best college tight ends of all time. Just insane talent at the tight end position for him. Uh, Carson Beck. As the quarterback, I'm going to see if he can step up. I mean, he's super talented. Uh, Lad McConkey. I, th- I don't think he's the most talented player on that team, but I think he is very – I mean, he's what obviously very talented, but, <laughs> yeah. He's kind of their catalyst for the uh, for the wide receivers. So, look for him to be a huge part of that offense uh, next year. Questions for the team. They're, it's kind of hard to find questions for this team, but they do have a new quarterback. They have a new offensive coordinator. We'll see how they transition there. Yeah, no, yeah, but other than that, I don't really. Yeah, have much I don't have much to say about Georgia either. I mean, um, obviously they're they're going to be a great team. I'd be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. And uh, I think they're heavy. Yeah. I think they're heavy favorites to repeat this year for good reason. Uh, defense solid as always. Um, it's hard to pick out a weak point on that defense. Obviously, you can you know, cherry pick certain players, but as a defensive unit. Herbie Smart gonna be getting coach mm-hmm. him up. I mean, yes, he's built a monster. Yes, unfortunate for the rest of the SEC, but hey, that's uh, that's the state that's the state you're in now. But I mean, oh, like you said, I mean, it's gonna be on Carson Beck to step up, and I mean, you never know. I mean, maybe even though this offense has a bunch of weapons, maybe they'll hit some hiccups along the way. Um, you know, they may go three or four drives without scoring, and then all of a sudden, you know, like another team can sneak in, like i.e., you're South Carolina. Um, you never know; they could sneak in and get some get yeah, some I mean, shots in there. I think maybe Missouri almost beat mm-hmm. them last year. I say you never know. That's the beauty about college football. Um, I yeah. say, I mean, maybe maybe you can catch Georgia slipping earlier in the season, but um, even I mean, what, we're going to rely on UT Martin and Ball State to catch them slipping. <laughs> uh, no, you know, um, I wouldn't even kind of struggled against Kent State last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. 
Fair enough. Um, who knows? Maybe UAB can pull out the upset. Maybe they'll uh, return. Um, <laughs> oh, which was the running back's name? I mean, dude was a beast. Uh, he didn't return. I think I believe he. Yeah, I know. That's just, I can't think of his name. But I'm just saying, like, he's going to return under an alias. You know, kind of like um, Bojero Bo <laughs> returning. Yes. Bojero <laughs> returning to LSU. I'm sorry, uh, getting recruited to LSU. Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> Remarcus Russell. Man, why are we recruiting this guy? He has a bum calf already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, not much. Well, if you'd like, we can. Yeah, I was about to say, though. not much to be said about Georgia. Um, top in the East. I think Georgia worst North. case scenario, you finish first in the East Division. Yeah, uh, sucks for you. Boo hoo. But we'll move on to the West, um, starting at the bottom. Uh, Peyton, I'm curious to hear you have hear, hear who you have because I'm imagining one of two teams. I'm interested to see which one. Does either of them rhyme with Mississippi State? <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, well, one of them <laughs> rhymes. Yes, one of them rhymes with um, Mississippi mate, and the other one rhymes with um, Carburn. Frog, Frogburn. Yes. Yeah. So those are my uh, bottom two teams as well. Yeah. Auburn at six, Mississippi State at seven. Um, Mississippi State. I'm just not sold on Arnett as the head coach, Mike Leach. I'm curious to see what that offense looks like, especially Will Rogers. I mean, he threw the ball 610 times last year. He's not going to do that this year. Threw for almost 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He is one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, can he return to his sophomore year form? He had 4,700 yards on 74% completion percentage and 36 touchdowns. 74% completion percentage is just Unbelievable with the amount of volume that he has in attempts. Um, Jaden Wally will be, I think they're one of their better pass catchers. 34 receptions last year, 348 yards and three touchdowns. And two Lou Griffin, another one, 40 receptions for 502 yards and four touchdowns. Obviously, pass catchers, they kind of lost some guys. They, they lost Ra Ra Thomas to Georgia. Um, what a name. I think he was probably going to be, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was probably going to be their better guy, but obviously they couldn't hang on to him. Um, the one wild card I have for them is I wonder what they, I wonder what how they're going to come out and play for Mike Leach. You know, when somebody passes away, um, people are motivated to play better. Um, obviously, Coach Leach passed away shortly thereafter last season. Um, actually, I, I want to say before Mississippi State's bowl game due to medical emergency, heart attack, it sounds like. Um, just a horrible situation. Mike Leach was one of the more well-known, well-respected coaches in the game of college football. Really a pioneer for the air raid offense. So uh, rest in peace, Coach Leach. You will be missed. Um, although I do have your team at 5-7 and seven this year. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then for Auburn – Kind of the same. I have them at six and six. Both of these teams could easily flip. Um, for notable players for Auburn, I have Robbie Ashford, Coy Moore, and Jarquez Hunter. Robbie Ashford, I mean, he has horrible accuracy and he throws a lot of interceptions compared to touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. Obviously, 50 50 is not what you want as a quarterback. Uh, Hugh, the tools are there, though, but can Hugh Freeze make it work? Uh, Coy Moore has been kind of disappointing so far in his career. Uh, last year, he had 20 catches for 314 yards, 
and one touchdown. Obviously, an LSU legend for throwing the interception to Harold Perkins, allowing LSU to win that game last year. Um, let's not forget, though, before the year, he did say he was better than Kayshawn Booty. Now, Kayshawn Booty did not have the greatest year, but Coy Moore has not even come close to putting up the numbers Kayshawn did in his freshman or sophomore year. So, let's see. We'll see about that. Uh, questions for them. Hugh Freeze, obviously, is going to make an impact, but is it going to be immediate? And how effective will it be? And then with Jarquez Hunter, like, is he even going to be available? I don't know. So, I have them going 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, and that's fair for both teams. I mean, honestly, for both teams, uh, you both go 6-6, six and six, both 2-6 and six in conference play. Um, yeah, I think they can both be flipped. I mean, I have Auburn at 7, Mississippi State at 6, but that's just me. Like, you know, I could have flipped a coin or put them in alphabetical order, and it wouldn't have affected really anything I think about either of them. I think you hit the nail on the head with both of them. Um, so, yeah, not, not, not much to be said if you want to move on. To yep. So, sorry, go ahead. Who do you have a five? I have Arkansas. Oh, we agree on man. We agree on the West, I guess. Um, so obviously notable court players. It's their quarterback KJ Jefferson. He had 200, 204 completions on three hundred attempts, two thousand six hundred thirty six yards, twenty four touchdowns, five interceptions, one hundred fifty eight carries for six hundred forty yards and nine touchdowns. Now that does include sacks. So the carries and yards are. Or the carries are up, yards are down for him there in terms of rushing. But um, he does take care of the football, and he's a senior. So I think he was a little bit disappointing last year for Arkansas. I think they were expecting him to be a little bit better. Um, still not bad, obviously, better than anybody that Arkansas's had in the last five, six, seven years. So we'll see how he looks this year. Um, he's paired with Raheem Sanders who had 222 yards on – I mean, I'm sorry, 1,443 yards on 222 carries. That's six and a half yards carry and 10 touchdowns. Really, it was just those two on the ground for him. Um, it is going to be a new offensive system as they, they're they losing Kendall Browse to TCU. Um, now, the new offensive system is a little bit slower, and it has been a little bit less effective in the – recent years, so I'm curious to see how that works in their favor. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, they have another LSU legend and Dwight McLaughlin, New D. McLaughlin, if you will. Uh, he had 43 tackles, four interceptions, and 10 pass breakups last year. He's by far and away their best secondary player. He's very lengthy. Um, I think he's a great player overall. Um, but like I said, I'm more curious on the offensive side, how's the offensive coordinator system going to work and what's KJ going to look like. Overall, I have them 7-5 to five with losses to LSU, A&M, Bama, Florida, and Auburn. Oh, damn. All right. We got the same um, same schedule projection then. Uh, yeah, 7-5 and five is their one total for me, and I think you touched on all the points that I had. Uh, I definitely have their offense as their strong point. Uh Strong point, maybe it's not the word I'm looking for, but hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, their offense is definitely going to be the strong suit this year. Defense, not so much. Uh, like you said, McLaughlin is probably the only notable guy in their defense. Okay, they had a transfer, uh, John Morgan in third. He should be pretty solid as well. Trey Morgan? Oh. I thought he played baseball. John. For John. Yeah, that's Trey Morgan's real name is oh. John Morgan. 
the third? No, he moved on. He's uh, he signed with John Edward Morgan, if you will. Uh, no, I won't. Thank you, um, John. Yeah. Anyways, um, solid transfer, but that's about all they got going on their defense. Their defense is going to be the downfall of this team if there is going to be a downfall. But um, I mean, I definitely think they'll go bowling this season. I have no doubts about that. So yeah, I mean, that's that's about where I have Arkansas in uh, four. Maybe we'll differ here because I can see four and three being flipped. I have Ole Miss at four. As I do okay. as well. Um, so notable players for Ole Miss. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be, but I'll say Jackson Dart slash Walker Howard slash Spencer Sanders. Dart last year was 226 for 362 yards, 2,974 yards, 362 attempts, 226 completions, 2,974 yards, 20 touchdowns on 11 picks. Um, It was a little bit more effective on the ground than I think through the air. I mean, 20 touchdowns or 11 picks isn't the greatest. Um, I don't want his heels as Spencer Sanders, the transfer from Oklahoma State, starting quarterback for them last year and the year before when they went to the Big 12 championship. Um, last year he was 212 for 368 for 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, and nine picks. Um, Howard, very, very talented, another LSU legend. Um, son of former All-American Jamie Howard, Kind of got passed up by Nussmeyer and Daniels at LSU last year. Decided to transfer out. Um, a lot of rumors that he wasn't developing like they think they that they thought he would. Lane Kiffin took the chance on him. We'll see how he pans out. I don't think he starts this year. I don't think he plays much. I think it's definitely going to be between Dart and Sanders. I think Dart gets to start on opening day. Uh, another guy for him, Quinshawn Judkins. Unbelievable running back form, 274 carries, 1,567 yards for 5.7 yards per carry, 16 touchdowns last year. Now, he did have Zach Evans to compliment him. Uh, he does not have him this year. We'll see how he does there. And then Zachary Franklin, the wide receiver transfer from UTSA, had 94 catches for 1,136 yards and 15 touchdowns last year there. Um, we'll see how he performs in the SEC. Yeah. Defensively, under Lane Kiffin, I, I'm just not sold on Lane defensively as a coach. I think he goes for it in pretty sketchy situations, like fourth and one from his own 22-yard line. He'll go for it, not get it, set the team, set the other team, the opponent up with a short field. Uh, you know, now they're replacing two solid wide receivers and great running back on offense too. So maybe he'll be a little bit more conservative. I don't know. Probably not knowing Lane Kiffin. If you know Lane Kiffin, he's elite on Twitter. If you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said he was an elite head coach this year. Growing up a little bit and realized that he's not the greatest head coach. I think he's pretty much capped Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be any better than they were last year, this year, two years ago. I don't I don't think they will be. Um, I could be wrong, but some notable games I have for him. They played they play a pretty tough schedule. They play at Tulane, at Bama, versus LSU, versus Arkansas, versus AM, at Georgia, and at Mississippi State, which is always a – I know State's finished dead last for me, but uh, it is a rivalry game. The Egg Bowl is always weird. I have them uh, going 8-4 and four with losses to Bama, LSU, and m and Georgia. Yeah, I do as well as far as the rankings go. And, uh, yeah, pretty much I think their offense, uh, once again, 
another team that oh, their offense is definitely going to be the strong suit. I think they got pretty much some solid returning production, uh, probably some of the best in the NCAA. And those that aren't returning, uh, their positions are being filled by some really solid transfers. So I think their offense is going to be um, good at worst. Uh, defense should have a pretty solid defense too. Um, they get some good all-around play in all their position groups. Uh, the linebacker linebacker group and the – yeah, I'd say the linebackers are probably lacking most of all. But that's not to say they're going to suck. I think they're going to be – I think they're going to be good. But uh, once again, it's a curse of the uh, schedule gods. Um, it's not in their favor. And, yeah, I have them going 8-4 and four as well. And um, if we move on, I'm assuming we're both going to have – we may have, go 7-for-7 seven seven matching here. I'm assuming you have Texas A&M. Well, we, I think we had we, – I think we had, well, we had uh, Auburn, Auburn and Mississippi State flipped. flipped. But, I mean, you know, that – we're going to count that. Both of those teams. Yeah, could go I, I way. really it was literally fifty fifty on them. I just put down whatever team, with the team that came first to mind. I just put Harvard. So, hey, being a Tulane guy, real quick, do you have them beating Tulane or losing Tulane? <sighs> I got Tulane winning. I can't. Do, do you? Yeah, really? I can't. I mean, I think my uh, brain says Ole Miss. I think Michael Pratt's good. Yeah, my brain says Ole Miss. My heart says Tulane. Um, especially after seeing. Their uh, bowl game performance. I mean, it's just like you know, it's just something to behold. I think I believe Tulane's returning a lot of production. Side Jeers, <laughs> yes, Sajay Jeers? yes, uh, we have a nice recruit. Um, he's got a solid mustache. Um, doesn't look fake at all. Sajay Tears, um, Tears, um, pretty solid guy. Tears, but um, Spajay Tears, and uh, but I mean, you know. It was kind of it was it was a nice little one two punch with him and Pratt, so um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think that's going to be def- definitely a good game, and it's going to help Tulane. If I'm not Tulane, Tulane won that game last season at Ole Miss, I believe. Of that, I believe that's how it went down. Maybe I know. I know they uh, play at Tulane this year, so yes. Um, it was a close game last which, season too, if I'm not mistaken. I mean. Yeah, most of uh, Ole Miss's games were. Yeah, but um, they did they play last year? Or was it the year before? Might have been oh, the year before. Okay. I do. I, I do remember the game. Year. Not like I was there. I just I just remember the game because I remember thinking, "Holy crap!" Like, Tulane's going to beat Ole Miss. Yeah, I think Ole Miss is one of those teams though that's kind of like Foos Gold. Uh, they're going to be flashy. They're going to look good against. Worst competition, but when it comes to playing the LSU's, Alabama's, and M's, it's going to look a little clunky, and uh, other teams can sometimes out just out talent them. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I I will be I will be watching them not like super closely this year, but I'll be watching them because they're they are an interesting team. They're going to be an interesting team to say the least. Well, yeah, they have Lane Kiffin as yeah, a head so, coach. and like you said, I mean, some questionable decisions will always be made by him. So just for entertainment purposes solely. It's uh should be fun to watch if you can, but um, I need somebody to throw another golf ball at him. <laughs> um, moving on, yes, I do have Texas A and M at three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they are absolutely loaded everywhere. Um, kind of like in Georgia, I don't think they're as well coached, but they are absolutely stacked everywhere. It's hard to even pick 
just three notable players, but I did. I picked Evan Stewart, who was a freshman last year, Connor Weigman, who was a freshman last year, and Bryce Foster, who was a freshman last year. So that 2022 class was unbelievable. Um, I think a lot of them are going to grow up this year and be great. Uh, still think they're young, so I'm not going to give them number two or number one in the West, but uh, I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Um Petrino steps in as the offensive coordinator. I'm going to be – it's going to be intriguing to me to see how much Jimbo allows him to call plays, um, being that Jimbo Fisher is offensive guy himself. Um, I think – but I do think the game has kind of passed Jimbo by. But, um, yeah, I, I think they're 9-3 and three with losses to Tennessee, Bama, and LSU. All right, so you think they uh, beat Miami? Yeah, I do. I don't. I'm not sold on Miami. It is a toss. Yeah, so I think it'll be a close game. So is South Carolina for me, yep, and that, that's a fair. That's fair too. Um, and then you said you said they have losses to Ole Miss, LSU, and Bama. Uh, Tennessee, 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 Bama, and LSU. Okay, gotcha. All right, yeah, I think that's fair. I think this team could very well. I kind of. I'm going to have them kind of average out at eight and four. I think they're going to drop. One of uh, Miami or Ole Miss. I doubt they'll drop both of them. Could be very possible. But uh, other than that, so I think they do have an avenue to go nine and three. I realistically have them going eight and four. Worst case scenario, they'll go seven and five. But I think that's a very, very, very low for this team. I mean, that's just like a um, that should be kind of like depression mode for this team. Yeah. Um. Very solid all around. Um. I think they certainly have their weak points, to be honest. Not really sold on the running back situation. No, they did lose Devon A. Shane last year. Um, I do think they, they reload, though. They signed the number one running back in the class this past year. So I would look for him to make an immediate impact. Um, like I said, they just got loads of talent coming in. It's just, can they maximize that? Can they use the talent? Mm-hmm. Or does Jimbo get in his own way again? I think. I mean, there's legitimately a shot that they they could go twelve and zero and win the West. Uh, I don't think that's likely. Obviously, I have them in nine and three, but they're kind of a sleeping giant. As much as I hate to say mm-hmm. that, yeah, I think it'd definitely be tough for them to. Um, personally, I'd be shocked if they get ten wins. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, yeah, if they get ten wins and they their only losses are to Bama and LSU, that's probably going to have that's pan how it's going to pan out, or maybe Bama and Tennessee. Um, I don't know. You play Bama at home this year. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid advantage. But at the same time, you're playing Bama. You play LSU away. That's going to suck. For that, when do they play? They Bama? play Bama October the beginning of October. That will be their sixth game. No, I'm sorry. Yes, there's six game. That's interesting because I think Bama has. Oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. All right. What is that? Is that a segue to your number two team, possibly? Sadly, it's Ooh, not. Ooh, okay. So, you know who I have it to? Uh, LSU. Um, I do. I do look for kind of a regression this year. Not, not, not incredible. Like not an incredible regression. Uh, actually, record-wise, I don't think they regress, but um, I think they lose to Bama partly because that game is at Bama. Um, 
they could easily win that game too, though. So notable players for them. I'm I'm about to I'm about to drool over some players. Malik Neighbors, seventy two catches, one thousand seventeen yards, and three touchdowns last year. Uh, expect some growth there. He's going to be that dude. He is definitely one of the best receivers in the uh, SEC. He showed that towards the end of last year. Um, once that chemistry with Jaden Daniels kind of grew a little bit. And then even in the SEC championship game with Garrett Nussmeyer, I mean, he looked fantastic. Garrett Nussmeyer looked fantastic, and part of most of that is because of Malik Neighbors. Um, I remember in fall camp last year, everybody was like, well, who's going to go – Y'all talking about Kayshawn Booty. Who's going to guard Malik Neighbors? Who's going to guard Malik Neighbors? Um, and that that is absolutely true. Malik Neighbors is a, an incredible talent. So glad that we flipped him from – I think we flipped him from Mississippi State. So thank God we did that. Um, sometimes he can create – struggle to create some separation, but I think he's going to work through that. I think we got our good uh, – Cortez Hankton is a good wide receiver coach. I think he's going to work on that with Malik, and they're going to get that taken care of uh next harold perkins jr my favorite player on the team um he had 72 total tackles last year 13 of which were for loss and seven and a half sacks as a true freshman who didn't even play at the beginning of the year he had to work he, he had to be worked into the lineup didn't even have a true position um this year he's playing middle linebacker uh, alongside omar spates um he is an unbelievable talent. Flipping him from AM was the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Um, love Harold Perkins. Just an unreal talent. And then Jaden Daniels. He was 266 for 388 last year with 2,900 yards and 17 touchdowns. As a passer, had 186 carries, 885 yards, and 11 touchdowns as a runner. Of course, that includes sacks as well. He's going to be entering his second year in the offensive system under Mike Denbrock. Uh, I think he you see some growth from him. And my question for him, though, is can he be more aggressive? Um, Nuss is right behind him. He's pushing him. People like Nuss. Nuss is a gunslinger. He's going to throw in interceptions, but he's going to hit him. He's going to make some plays. Um, obviously, you saw that in the SEC championship game, and I think Jaden Daniel saw that. Going to the spring game for LSU this past this past April, um, Jaden looked really good. He looked like he was going to try to shoot the ball downfield a little bit more, um, which I think was a big problem with the offense last year, being that we have some studs on the outside at LSU. Um, give those guys some chances to work. I mean, you saw what happened the last time a quarterback let them, let them go down the field and make plays. They won a national championship with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So – um, who, by the way, looked kind of average the year before because they didn't have the ball thrown downfield to them. That's all I got to say there. Um, my question marks for LSU, though, is going to be the defensive line and the secondary. They kind of solidified both with the portal. Uh, they did that last year as well. My question is just, is it going to work two years in a row? I mean, I think Matt House is a great defense coordinator, especially with linebackers. Um but the building a team with a portal is always kind of sketchy to me. Uh, so we shall see. My overall prediction, though, is 10 and 2 with losses to Florida State and Alabama. All right. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment of our hometown team. Um, I do have them number one, by the way, over Bama. I have way too many question marks for Alabama for me to comfortably put that. I do too, but I think they get them. I think they get them taken care of before the LSU game. That's the only if if the yes. Alabama LSU game was in 
September or October, I think LSU wins. But being that it's in November, I think Alabama figures some things out. Yeah, and honestly, I think honestly the LSU game may be the least of Alabama's worries to start out the season. But uh, anyway, I'll get there. I'll get there later talking about LSU right now. Um, I think they have the best quarterback in the SEC. I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, the rest of the offense. Um, Who, Garrett Nussmeyer? Yeah, the rest of the offense. Um, you know, a lot to be desired. Uh, I think the offensive line, offensive line is okay. It's going to be a strong point this year for the first time in I don't know how long. You, Brian Kelly's really done a great job revamping the offensive line. Yeah, sure. But I mean, if I'm a defense, I'm doing one thing and one thing only. I'm attacking the interior of that offensive line. Uh, well, you say that, but um, was it Lance Hurd coming in? Emmerich Jones is going to move to the inside. Garrett Dellinger will be back to full health. I think the interior and Miles Frazier's going to be on the inside. That that O line is going to be pretty good this yeah, year. That does no, that does nothing for me. Um, I think, I mean, I think even Mississippi Mississippi State's got a really solid D line. I think they could easily get there. They're probably going to give LSU fits this year, if I'm being honest. On that, um, in the trenches, um, I'm not really sold on LSU's O line. That's probably my only question mark I really have for them, just because they're returning so much production. Probably some of the best in college football. I mean, especially the offense. They're not really losing much. Um, I mean, who who's the wide receiver? I'm sorry, I can't think of his name. Uh uh Booty. Booty. Yeah. Ass. I mean you're I mean you're not if that's if that's all you're losing, oh, you know, like Boo freaking who. They I lost Jare Jenkins too. Once again, that does nothing for me. Um, that, that doesn't he wasn't me. a big contributor, but he, it, it, it seemed like anytime somebody was in like a clutch situation, he showed up. Okay, I will say the the receiver the receivers coming in will probably fill in their spots seamlessly. I mean, they're going to give uh, the same, if not better, production. Uh, defense solid. You already covered that. I'm not really going to bother. I think the defense shouldn't. You really shouldn't be worried about that if you're LSU, and uh, that's why I got them number one. I mean, I don't really have LSU going number one based on their own talent. I think I have LSU going number one based on their their own talent, along with the question marks of what your number one team is, and that's Alabama. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say it, I do have Alabama at one. Cannot stand these dudes, um, but they are they are my number one SEC team, SEC West team, I should say. That um, now I do have them having going with the same record as um, LSU, but obviously with a win over LSU, they would win the West. Um, so 10-2 and two with losses to Texas and Tennessee. Some notable players for him. Kool-Aid McKinstry, one of the better corner, if not the best cornerback in college football. He had 15 pass breakups last year and a quarterback rating of 59 when he was targeted. And that's great, if y'all don't know. He, gets, he does tend to get beat deep at times, and I think that's going to give him trouble against Tennessee. That's the re, that's mainly the reason I have them losing to Tennessee. No, 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 no. They beat Tennessee. No, I'm, I'm, no, I haven't beaten Tennessee. Eleven and one with a loss to Texas. Um, Dallas Turner, Edge, eight and a half sacks his freshman year. He went down to four his sophomore year. I think that's a little bit concerning, but I do think he gets back to uh to form. He, does, he off the edge, he runs a 4 4 5 40, which is insane for an edge. Um, the best pass catcher, though, I, I have a lot of question marks about their pass catchers. Um, Malik Benson, 59 catches for 977 yards and 10 touchdowns last year at a Juco, though. Um, I, I, and I'm not trying to put down on Juco's, but it's not the SEC. Um, 
I mean, um, I'm not expecting, and I'm not expecting their quarterback play to be great, uh, at least towards the beginning of the year. So I don't see those numbers being replicated in the SEC. Um, some question marks for the team quarterback. I mean, for the first time in forever, I, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Let me rephrase that. Because we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be between Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa, both starters in the NFL. Um, this is the first time that you're like, who's going to actually step up and be the, the quarterback? Not, oh, well, which one's going to make it the first mistake? Yeah. Um, and really for the same reasons that you said, that you already said, that's why I don't have them above LSU. I think they – They've lost too much production, both offensively and defensively. Really, uh, but I'll, t- I'll touch on the defense later because I don't think I think they may have the best defense in college. Um, but that's um, and, and plus an all-name team on the defense too. And um, obvious candidates, Kool Aid. But with that being said, moving on to the offense, which is a question here. Ah. You know, you are you touched on it, quarterback. That's a pretty huge position to have question marks about. And the, I can't believe you're questioning an Alabama quarterback or quarterbacks, I should say. I know, but we're that's the point we're at right now. Um, like I said you're losing a bunch of production from almost all your positions. Uh, obviously, you're running back Alabama running backs. I mean, they're breed of their own, so I don't think they'll struggle there, especially with a solid offensive line that they have. Um, Believe they'll probably have the best offensive line in the SEC as well, which should help. Should help all their other positions, obviously, especially their run game. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to rely yep. heavy on that this year. I know they're one of the best. I mean, granted, they're one of the best offenses last year, like a top ten offense. But their rushing definitely kind of yeah. helped them be a top ten offense. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs was was a great talent at running back, and uh, you don't have Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young left, hmm. so. Yeah, and so I said with that, I think you have too too many question marks, uh, too many tough games, especially to start out your season. Because imagine you're you're trying to work out these question marks against Texas. Imagine you're trying to work out these yeah, question marks against Ole Miss still a month into the season. And yeah, it's not. It, it's the first time we've had to question Alabama as a team. Even even the O line is not what it usually is. I just. I just don't think Nick Saban and think how hard is it to beat Nick Saban twice? I mean, it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult, but um, doable but difficult. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me. I said Bama lost two games in the SEC, like two conference games. That's I could easily see them losing to A and M, LSU, maybe an Ole Miss, heck, even Arkansas. I mean, I could. I, I could see, I them, could see losing them losing to five. Legitimately, I could see them losing to about five SEC opponents, and it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, it would kind of surprise me, too. but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, no, I'm the same way. I think after uh, Tennessee beat LSU, and I, I was at that game um, last year, I even told you, I think I said, dude, Tennessee beats Bama next week, and he called me crazy. Sure enough, they beat him. But the one thing, the year. one thing about Bama, dude, the one thing about Bama is when is the last time they got just blown out? They don't get blown out. It, it's incredible. Even games that they have no business being in, they just find ways to make it close. <laughs> and I think that's 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 just Nick Saban. 
using his black magic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I'm not saying all their losses are going to be blowouts. I definitely don't think. I think if they have two losses, it'll be about combined two scores. Um, yeah. So, and if they have three losses, it'll be about combined about two or three scores. I don't think they said they're going to be the team where I can like look on the schedule and say, oh, that's definitely a loss right here. No, they're the team I'm looking at. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I could see them going undefeated. Will they? I doubt it. But are they going to go seven and five? I doubt that as well. Both could happen. Yeah. But both would be obviously, you know, polar ends of the spectrum that we're on here. And uh, like I said, they mainly just due to the fact that it's just, as far as production is concerned, you're almost running with, you know, a new team on both sides of the ball. But, um, oh, I'm not really sure if I talked about their defense other than they're going to be one of the best in the country, if not the best. Um, not much to be said about their defense. already said it. They're going to – no weak points. Um, good for them. I mean, maybe the defensive backs, but even that's just like, – that's that's silly to say, considering, like I said, ball-name team, Kool-Aid McKinstry, and then Malachi Moore. Um, I said silly to say that the defensive backs are the weak point. But, I mean, other than them two – I mean, I'd be willing to throw to my wide receiver three of, you know, a transfer is covering them. So I guess I'll yeah. put it like that. But even like in today's game, though, I mean, the, it's it's so geared towards offense that, I mean, sure, Kool-Aid's great and all, and so is Malachi Moore, but are either one of them going to be able to keep Malik Neighbors in check all game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then um, that's also – that's also my point bringing it back to Alabama's offense is that, you know, that's a crappy side of the ball to have so many question marks about because yeah. – and uh, I already covered it, so I'm not really going to repeat myself. But, um, you know, college has proven time and time again that, you know, offense kind of kind of rules the world. And so, um, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'll look through the schedule – Really quick, I see them going ten and two. Obviously, lost to LSU, and then I think they probably drop a game to like a Tennessee or like an Ole Miss or um, Texas A and M or even a Kentucky. I think I'm not saying they're going to lose to all those teams. I just think it's like I think it's in the cards for them this season to to lose. I think LSU is going to be on top of their game. They're LSU is one of those teams that's definitely riding a high, and I think I think they yeah. should be able to ride it all the way through the season. To be honest. Yeah, I think the vibes are immaculate in Baton Rouge right Yeah, now. absolutely. I mean, shoot, I put a um I put a band on them to make the playoffs some pretty solid value. Put two bands can't yeah, money. I put two bands on them to win the West. And I put half a band on Daniels to win Heisman. That's just um I put the rights to my house on uh Garrett Nussmeyer to win the Heisman. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean I and I don't blame you. You know why wants a free house. <laughs> FanDuel does apparently. <laughs> but um, I think that's all. I think that's all I got. Though. Yeah, that's all I have. Um, it should be a very competitive conference this year. Uh, it should be a lot of fun to watch, especially from like you know the uh, the upper echelon of both divisions, East and West. Uh, your Georgia's, Tennessee's, and your LSU's and Bama's, and then you know your your A tier. I say your A tier teams too. I'd consider them the S tiers, and then I consider the A tiers. Your like Kentucky and your A and M's, and then like your B tiers, kind of like you know, four through six and then or really four through seven for the West and four through six to the East and then Vanderbilt's just kind of you know just happy happy there. to be in the group photo. They just hope both teams have fun. <laughs> yes. So but 
thanks everybody for watching see you next time yep absolutely thank you